the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what one of you having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. They weren't lost. I knew perfectly well where they were. Just seconds before, as I was innocently, casually walking back to my apartment one morning on my day off, iced coffee in hand, one of my worst nightmares, probably one of everyone's worst nightmares, had come true. My keys, complete with $200 car fob, as I would come to learn, slipped out of my hand and right down the sewer, just in front of my apartment. The experience of losing something like that is gut-wrenching and horrifying. Now, of course, key fobs, however painfully expensive, can be easily replaced. But other things, sentimental or one-of-a-kind things, family heirlooms, for example, not so much. And their loss is even more deeply felt. And beyond things, we also know there's the experience of losing someone, a spouse, a parent, a child, a best friend, any loved one. And that kind of loss can be downright suffocating at times. When something or someone dear to us is lost, it is gut-wrenching. And if the lost thing is at all recoverable, we would go to great lengths to try to get it back. A shepherd abandons nearly their entire flock to go after one lost sheep. A woman searches her entire house and all day and night to look for one lost coin. Now, it seems a bit reckless, maybe even foolish, to put such effort into finding one lost sheep while potentially putting the other 99 at risk, or to put so much energy into looking for one coin when you still have nine more, it doesn't really make much sense unless you've had the experience of such a loss. In her book, One Coin Found, which some of us read a couple of lengths ago, Pastor Emmy Kegler writes from the perspective 
of the thing that is lost. You might know the feeling, she says, like everyone who meets you sees you, but doesn't really see you. You feel like you're giving every possible signal other than tattooing it on your forehead, but still others don't recognize you for who you are. Too many in the church, particularly those of us with marginalized identities, whether for gender, sexuality, race, age, or disability, often feel lost like that. We are the lost sheep who went wandering. We are the lost coin who rolled under a cabinet in an unswept bit of dust. But the thing about sheep, Pastor Emmy reminds us, is that they do wander, and often for good reasons. The sheep might be hungry, and the shepherd hasn't been paying close enough attention to realize there isn't quite enough green grass to go around. Or the sheep are sick or hurt or old, and the shepherd doesn't realize they've been left behind until the rest of the flock has already gone on far ahead. And so the hungry, sick, hurt, or aging sheep wander in search of food, safety, or rest. They're not lost. They know perfectly well where they are. It's the shepherd who can't find them anymore. And in the same way, we know that coins don't just get lost by themselves. They don't just get up and walk away. Coins get lost because someone lost them. The experience of being lost, however it happens, is disorienting and frightening. And lost isn't so much something that we get ourselves into. Lost is something that happens to us. More recently, just about a month or so ago, Pastor Emmy shared a public update on her social media pages that she was leaving her call as a parish pastor. As she announced, the past couple of years have been heavy. Recently, I had to face some hard truths, namely that my energy and passion and skill as a church leader have drained pretty dry. She's not alone. Pastors, deacons, and other church leaders have left their calls in droves in the wake of the pandemic, and it's not limited to church work either. People across vocations have left their jobs in what has been dubbed the Great Resignation. And among those who have stayed, another trend has also emerged, maybe you've heard of it, quiet quitting. At its best, quiet quitting means setting more guarded boundaries around your work-life balance. But too often, it's also looked a lot like burnout. We feel like we're drowning in our work and responsibilities. We are exhausted and burned out. We feel aimless and lost. However, we become lost for whatever the reason. It can feel like there's no one around in those moments, no life preserver to reach for. We are lost in work and overwhelm. We are lost in loneliness or depression or anxiety. We are lost in addiction or illness or grief. That lostness can feel suffocating, disorienting, and isolating. And those feelings of being lost are perfectly real, and they're not something that we can just get over or snap out of. 
After all, if we could become unlost on our own that easily, well, we really wouldn't be lost to begin with. But on the other end of being lost is that gut-wrenching experience of losing something precious. Because there is someone anxious to find us and bring us back. Today we hear about God who is a reckless shepherd, who, as Pastor Emmy puts it in her book, has donned a shepherd's cloak and come running after us, clamoring over rocks and climbing down cliffs, and found us hungrier and more hurt and terrified and cradled us close to say, no matter why you left or where you went, you are mine. And today we hear about a God who has picked up a woman's broom and swept every corner of creation, tucked up her skirts and flattened herself on the floor, dug through dust bunnies and checked every dress pocket and found us dustier and rustier and without any luster and held us up to the light to say, no matter how you rolled away or what corner you were dropped in, you are mine. Today, we hear the good news of a God who seeks us out and finds us in our lostness. Like a reckless shepherd who frantically searches pasture and wilderness until they find us. Or like a wildly distraught woman who turns pockets and drawers inside out while scouring the house, determined to find out where we've rolled away to. It doesn't make much sense but that's the nature of God. God, who is moved to such gut-wrenching compassion, goes to great lengths and great pains to find us, to meet us in our lostness, to embrace us with a tender care, and to remind us, you are mine, you are found, you are loved. 